is a tough week. If you're a New Hopian, it is a busy week. We're all involved. We would like to thank you if you contributed with the setup to the teardown and everything in between. We want to thank you. It is a huge boost in our finances here at the church. Uh, we have lots of things to pay for, lots of projects going on. It is just a big boost. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts if you were involved. If you were not involved, I encourage you. If the Lord's willing, I'm pretty sure we're going to be back there next year. I want to encourage you. I was chatting with someone before the service. This is one of the only things working at the fair that forces you to work with each other, closely with each other. You know, when we have other things, you know, that you can volunteer for, it doesn't mesh you together like the fair does. The fair, you have to mesh together. And what ends up happening is brother so-and-so that sits over here that never talks with brother so-and-so over there, they find out, well, he's not a bad guy. I kind of like him. And you end up seeing, hey, we're all the children of God. So I encourage you, get involved in anything that we have going on in God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, I know there are some tired folks in the audience, Lord, in this church today, Father God. Lord, I pray you strengthen us this day. Let us get some rest, Lord. We thank you that it is Sunday, Lord God, our favorite day, Lord, a day of rest, Lord, a day of worship to you, Father God. Lord, we invite your spirit, we invite your presence to be with us, to be amongst us, and to be in us. Lord, we are gathered here in your Son's name to give him all glory. Lord, bless this word this morning, Lord. Break it forth as the bread of life, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, there's something that we need to know this morning. I believe this is very timely for this body. And I do believe that God has given this to me this morning to present to you. Something mysterious happens to a man or to a woman or to a person when they get saved. When a person becomes born again, something mysterious happens, and it is a great mystery. And it's unique to Christianity amongst all other religions in the world. When a person trusts in the work of Jesus Christ that he did on the cross, when a person becomes born again, when a person becomes saved, when a person becomes, is converted into a child of God, something mysterious happens, and that is this. God, and this is unique to Christianity amongst all other religions in the world. When someone gets saved, God sends part of his spirit to dwell inside of that individual. You see, Muhammad does not dwell inside of his people. Buddha does not impart anything inside of his disciples. But yet God Almighty, when a man or a woman gets saved, God Almighty imparts His Spirit into that individual. God's Spirit comes and lives inside of that person. God's Spirit dwells inside of that individual. And that is unique amongst religions of the world. And it is a good thing, and we need to know this, that God dwells in the person that gets saved. God is with you if you are saved. Now let me explain this. Let me follow it up with a few scriptures. God's spirit resides in you and me if we are his. His spirit resides in us, dwells in us. 1 Corinthians, if you have your Bibles, if not, we're going to put it up on the screens. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Short and sweet says, 
Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? The Spirit of God dwells in His people, inside of us. Doesn't say close, doesn't say near. The Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And this is very significant for reasons we'll get to here in a moment. Let me give you another scripture. In John chapter 14, verse 17, the Bible says this, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. You see, if we are his people, if we are saved, if you are saved and born again and trusting in his work, trusting in the word, then God dwells in you. He dwells with you. He is inside of you. I think we forget this, that God Almighty imparts His Spirit to live inside of us. He dwells in His people. He doesn't just come around when you pray. He doesn't just come around when you worship. God isn't just near you when you come to church. If you're His child, He dwells inside of you. Whithersoever you go, He is with you. He doesn't just come around when you need Him. He doesn't just come around when you're in trouble. He is inside of you. You Something I think that we get confused about is we think God is in outer space. We're going to look up at the stars and think He's all the way up there. But I say to you today that we're wrong. He is inside of you. If you're His, God is inside of you. He's not a galaxy far, far away. He's inside of you. When trouble comes and you pray to God, we pray like he's a million miles away. God, come help me. And he has to travel this great distance from heaven clear to earth to help you out. Millions of miles. But we're wrong because he's already imparted his spirit to dwell inside of us. When we are in trouble, he's already present. He's already there. Why? Because God resides inside his people. He's already there. His Spirit is already with you. He's already imparted it to live inside of you. God resides inside His people. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal, mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I'm sorry, I skipped to verse 16. Skip on down to verse 16. Let me read that over. It says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The same exact Spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. Not millions of miles away. Not, God, come help me, I'm in trouble. He's already there. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ up from the dead dwells in us, lives inside of us, goes where we go, is where we are. He's already there. God imparts His Spirit into us. This is good news, and do you know what it means? It means that God is with us wherever we go, wherever our lives take us. As individuals, God is with us wherever we go. Whatever happens to me, whatever happens to you, God is with you. He's already dwelling there with you, going through it with you. Whatever circumstances come your way, God is there. Whatever life throws at you, God is there. Because He dwells inside of us. 
He dwells inside of us. You mean to tell me, who likes going to work on Monday morning? It's a couple of people do. They're, they're freaks and misfits, but the dreaded drive to work Monday morning. Guess what? God is there with you. He's there. You mean to tell me God's with me when I got to deal with all these issues at work? God is there. He is with you. You mean to tell me that God is with me when I'm doing my daily business shopping at Walmart? God is there. Why? Because you take him with you because he's inside of you. He has imparted his spirit to you. We take God's spirit with us wherever we go if you are his child. Listen now. God is with you when you're traveling. God is with you when you're working. God is with you when you're shopping. God is with you at the doctor's. God's with you on the surgery table. God is with you in the morning. God is with you in meetings. God's with you at home. He's with you at McDonald's. He's with you at the fair. God is with you. He is with you when you're sleeping. He's with you when you're awake. God is with you when you're alone. And he's with you when you're in a crowd. God is with you. God is with you when you pray. God is with you when you weep. God is with you when you're laughing. God dwells in the hearts of his people. He is with you through any circumstance. Whatever happens to you, he's already there with you. He is with you when you've got to go places you don't want to go. He is with you when you have to do things you don't want to do. He's with you. His spirit is already with you because it is inside of you. God dwells with his people. He is with you when you're joyful. He is with you when you're sorrowful. He is with you when you get bad news. He's with you when you get good news. God is with you. In the morning, in the night, at dawn, and at dusk, God is with you because he dwells inside of his people. He's with you at all times. He's with you at the office. He's with you at the plant. He's with you at the shop. He's with you on the farm, and he's with you in the schoolroom. He is with his people. God is always with his people because he's on the inside. You take him wherever you go. God is with you when you mow grass. God is with you when you fail. God is with you when you succeed. He's with you inside of you. God is with you on the mountaintops. God is with you in the valleys low. God is with his people. God is with you when you're nervous. God is with you when you are stressed. He's with you. God is with you when you are afraid. He is always with you. He is ever present. He is always there because he's inside of you. He's in his people. We need to know this. He resides in us. Psalms chapter 46 verse 1 says that he is a very present help in trouble. He's a very present help in trouble, meaning when you're in trouble, he's already present. You don't have to call God, come help, bail me out, I'm in trouble, I'm facing a surgery, where are you God? Bible says he's already present when there's trouble, he's here, he's present, he's inside, he is there, he knows the situation. Revelation calls God the Lord God Omnipotent. In chapter 19, it says the Lord God Omnipotent. You know, that means he is virtually unlimited in power. He is limitless in his power. God has the ability to help you with your problems. At the same time, he helps this brother over here with his problems. He has 
limitless power to help you on the surgery table when he's helping so-and-so make it through a bad day at work. Because he has imparted his spirit, his spirit to be in each and every one of us as individual people. Because we are his. We belong to him. Therefore, he imparts his spirit inside of us, to live inside of us. Do you not know and realize do hope that wherever you go, whatever you do, your God is with you. He is inside of you. We got to know this and we got to grasp this because I think we forget it. We get to feeling alone and depressed and sad and sorrowful and, and the devil plays on that. He wants you to think you're alone. He wants you to think you have failed and all is lost. You'll never come out of this one. No one has went through this before. You're the worst person on the planet. But God is on the inside. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Uh, I'd like to take a moment to explain to you where all this is coming from. See, some of you may know, I've chatted with, and closer to some than others, but it was probably about seven months ago, I took a new job at work. And this job has made me responsible for an entire shift um, Everything that goes on in that shift is now my responsibility. You know, personnel problems are now my responsibility. The people, they're my responsibility. The production, the safety, can't have anyone getting hurt. All that comes and lands on my lap, you know, so on and so forth. All that stuff lands on my lap. And this job has made me deal with things I have never had to deal with in my life. Uh, we are considered a high-speed bakery, you know. You may not be a, a bakery person, but what that means in layman's terms is we pump out some serious amounts of buns, okay? <laughs> we do. Uh, we use, I won't bore you with all kinds of statistics, but we use about 50,000 pounds of flour. Let's see, I take that back. We use almost 100,000 pounds of flour in a 12-hour span. And oh, you, that's a lot of flour. That's a whole big silo. You're seeing a big silo? That's a lot of flour. So that's how much bread we are making. So for high speed. So when things go wrong, when your machines are operating that fast, things go south in a hurry. If any of you have any uh, plant experience or working on machines, things go south in a hurry and it becomes a wreck in a hurry. So you got to be on the ball. So personnel issues, equipment failures, formulation issues, they all land on my lap. I've had to deal with all these things. It gets pretty stressful, and it's my responsibility. But I want to tell you where this message is coming from is because dealing with all this stuff, and there's probably roughly about 20 people I'm responsible for on that shift. They actually report to me. When you get people involved, there's sometimes problems. Amen? There's problems, and there's troubles. And I have to deal with these things. And I want to tell you something. When I've had to deal with some of these things that are new to me, that I've never dealt with before, out of nowhere, I feel God's hand come. And he is like he's over my life. I feel like God is there guiding me. He's there helping me, directing me. And I want to tell you something. When things go wrong and Things are blowing up and, you know, we're running and we got radios and such and such is down and we're all running to fix this piece of machinery or equipment to get it going again or to adapt and improvise to, to keep the plant going. Uh, as we're running, I'm not praying. I'm just going about my daily business. 
I'm not seeking the Lord at the time. I'm just doing my job. I'm not singing worship songs. I'm not reflecting on the pastor's latest service. Remember last week, drill, baby, drill. Have you forgotten that so quickly? I thought that was good. I wasn't thinking about that stuff. I wasn't meditating on Bible scriptures. I was just trying to do my job. But yet, because God is inside of me, and he's with his people, even though I wasn't necessarily thinking about him at the time, God was there with me. And I just felt like I had this revelation or something that as I'm running to deal with whatever it is, and sometimes they call, Jason, we need you back here. I'm coming back there. I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, I'm responsible for this. I got to get something figured out. They're going to look at me. The whole shift is going to look at me and say, hey, figure this problem out. And I'm running there and running there. And I feel God there with me. Amen. God is there with me, guiding me and helping me. Why? Because his spirit is inside of me. His spirit is inside of you. If you are a child of God, his spirit is already with you. I wasn't praying at the time and thinking of Bible scriptures. Now, sometimes I do. I don't want you to think I don't. But at the time, I'm just running to the thing to see what the problem is. But yet God is faithful because he is inside of me to help me to be able to make it through. When things are going bonkers, God is there. God is there. Just going about my daily business and God is there saying, I am with you. I will help you make it through. I will help you improvise and make it through. God is there. Why? Because he already dwells in his people. I'm running to fix this piece of machinery. God is in me. He is in me. And he is in you too. In your daily life, wherever your feet take you, God is in you. If you're one of his children there's problems in your life he is there with you as well it's so easy to forget that and talk about encouragement and the bible says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me bible says we are more than conquerors i'll tell you what how can we not know this when god is inside of us we're taking him whenever we got to address problems financial problems relationship problems god is inside of us we got to grasp this and we got to know this. God is inside of us. And I'm telling you, I, just this last Thursday night, had probably one of the worst nights of my life at work. Just everything going haywire. I mean, sometimes it's quiet all night long and you don't have anything. And I have to fill out a report at the end of my shift. I don't have anything to put in it because we had no problems. But sometimes like them machines they just don't want to do what they're supposed to do and everything is a disaster we had one of those thursday night at work disaster from point a to point b at from the beginning to the end of my shift i didn't sit down the whole time and as i was going i've gotten into habit now to start whispering jason there's a problem here i'm running now i'm starting to say lord help me Got in the habit of making those little prayers on my way there because god will be with you he hears you but this horrible night was going on, and throughout the night, I started getting agitated because nothing was going right. But I just kept saying, Lord, help me not to blow it. Help me not to kick a piece of machinery. Help me not to yell at some new person because they don't know what they're doing. Help me to keep it under control, God. And that God is faithful, is he not? He is faithful. We are more than conquerors. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's stuff that happens there that I have no idea what to do. 
But God is with me and he is faithful and we make it through. Amen? Amen. So that's where all of this is coming from. Having to deal with all these things that are relatively new to me. All these issues that are new to me. But I feel God's hand in my life. He is with. He cares. We're talking about machines to make buns. You would think, God doesn't care about that. What's that have to do with the kingdom of God? He does care. He cares about all the details in our lives. He cares. We have a God that cares. He is with you, church. He is with you in all of your situations. He is with you. Just as he was with Moses when Moses had to face Pharaoh. He was with you. He will be with he was with Moses. He will be with you just the same. Just as Joseph was forgotten in prison, God was with him. He will be with you just the same. Just as he was with Daniel in the lion's den, he will be with you. Just as he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, he will be with you. Just as he was with the apostle Paul when he was out, spent a night and a day in the deep, he will be with you. Why? Because he's inside of his people. John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27 says this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. Now listen to me for a moment. No man can pluck you out of his hand. No man. You are in God's hands. You're in his hands and nothing can take you out of it. Let me tell you something. Cancer doesn't pluck you out of his hand. You lost your job, that doesn't pluck you out of his hand. No man can come along and pluck you out of his hand. Because you are his. You're his child. The Bible says no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. You see, I think we think that anything plucks us out of his hand. When something bad happens to us, we think God is so far away, and that is not true. He is inside of us, and we're in his hands. Nothing plucks us out of God's hands. You belong to Jesus Christ. You are his. You are in his hands. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Skip down to verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, heights, or depths, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. New hope, you have to know that there is nothing that can separate you. From the love of Christ. Nothing that can separate you from your God. Nothing. No situation that you face. That huge wall that's in your obstacle. The Bible says heights, depths, doesn't matter. Nakedness, peril, sword, famine will not separate you from the love that Jesus has for you. Nothing. Because he is inside of you. You face the situations with him together. He is with you. He is with you in this day and age of uncertainty. Would you agree with me that things are going haywire out in the world? Haywire. Total chaos. Total manifestation of godlessness. That's what we got going on in this world, in this country. God is still with his people. We walk by faith, not by sight. God 
spirit dwells right inside of you. Whether things are haywire around you or not, irregardless of that fact, he still, still is inside of you. Now I have to stop for a moment. Everything that I have just talked about from the time I began until just now, you not being able to be plucked out of his hand, God imparting his spirit inside of you, all the things that we've talked about, nothing separating us from the love of Christ, that doesn't apply to you if you are not a child of God. Now, I'm sorry to break it to you, but all that stuff doesn't apply to you if you are not a born-again Christian. If you are not saved, trusting in the work that Jesus did on the cross, believing in Jesus Christ, if you are not a born-again Christian, God is not with you. He has, there is no Spirit of God inside of you. That same Spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead is not inside of you unless you are a born-again child of God, born-of-God believer. Now, His Spirit is not in you if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in Jesus, if you haven't trusted in His work. We hear all the time people quoting John 3.16. If you watch football, there's people hold up signs, says John 3.16. Teach our children in our classrooms, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. About all of us can quote that and can remember that. And that's usually the first thing that we're taught. But have you ever turned on a football game and saw someone holding up John 3.18? Have you ever heard of children in their program come home and quote John 3.18? You know that John 3.18 says that if you don't believe in Jesus, you're condemned already. That's what I'm telling you. All these good things that I have been talking about and preaching to you this morning that God is in you. He's with you. He helps you face these situations. They do not apply if you are not his. If you are not his sheep, they do not apply. Now, something that I've noticed about this church lady, lately is there is a lot of new faces that I have never seen before coming. And we're more than happy to have you. I wish this place was packed every single Sunday, morning, night, and Wednesday. I wish it had new faces all the time. But I've seen a lot of new faces. Some of you I've introduced myself to lately, and some of you I haven't yet. But I want to stress to you, these things don't apply if you are not saved, if you are not born again. So if you are here, a new person, or if you've been coming for a while and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, today is a good day to get to know Him. Today is a good day. And here shortly, we can do that. You have to know Jesus Christ. You have to know Jesus Christ. It is imperative to know Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus, you are condemned already, the Bible says. Romans 8, chapter 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity, enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You cannot please God in the flesh. You cannot. It's enmity against God. All these things do not apply unless you are his child. But here's the good news. God is willing that everybody get saved. God wishes that everyone would come to his son, Jesus Christ. 
God is willing that everyone would bow their knee and confess his son, Jesus Christ, and accept him into their life. That's what God wants. He doesn't want to be enemies with you and estranged from you. He wants to be reconciled to you. He wants to. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, and this proves that God wants everyone to be saved. It says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. And God is in heaven, and he wants everyone to be saved. If you are not saved this morning, he wants you to be saved. He would have everyone be saved if it were up to him. But he has given us free will to choose, and it is your choice. But listen to how much he loved us. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How many of you can remember back, and maybe these aren't good memories for you, but how many can you remember back before you were saved? When you were in that state, that filthy, unsaved, heathen state that you were in, whatever you were into, Christ still died for you in that state. That's how much God loved you. That's how much he loves us. That's how much the Lord Jesus loves us. And I tell you this morning, he is not inside of you unless you have confessed Jesus Christ and believe in the word and trust in the word and have faith in the word. Unless you're his child, he's not with you. If you're not saved, if you're here new and you are not saved, today is a good day for salvation. Today is a good day for salvation. Tomorrow is not. We aren't guaranteed tomorrow. No one is guaranteed tomorrow. God never tells us in his world, I'll make everything perfect for you. God never tells us you won't have any problems. You show me the scripture where God says, you won't be killed in a car accident. It's not in there. It can happen to any one of us. Tomorrow's not a good day to get saved. Today is. Now is a good time to get saved and give your life to Christ. New Hope, you have to know God is with you. If you are born again, God is with you and inside of you. He is inside of us. We take him wherever we go. Be encouraged with that. When you go face the world, and I know where some of you work, tough places, not an easy place to work. I know some of you may work in manufacturing in a factory like myself. Tough places to work, but you take God with you. You take the light of life with you in the darkness. Now I'm going to bring this to a close, and I'm going to ask the booth if you would please uh, play some music, maybe dim these lights. And here's what we're going to do. If you're saved, good. Make your way to this altar. Thank him. Thank him for being with you. Help him to teach you to trust that he is with you. Confirm it with the Lord this morning. But if you are not saved, come down here and the three men that anointed people, Daryl, Pastor Joe, Bruce, myself, or even Adam, get one of us, find one of us, receive salvation, show some courage, throw your hand up, whatever you got to do to get saved, do it this morning. Do it this morning. Tomorrow's not a good day for it. Today is if you're new here and you are not saved Receive salvation today, salvation in Jesus Christ. Be reconciled to God this morning. Amen? Amen. These oracles are open. If you please play some music. Amen.